Before we begin, I want to say that I'll be sharing opinions and observations for the sake of creating conversation rather than preaching a truth. My purpose is to find the questions that will help set us free in our own way. If something I say hits you that you like, great. And if something hits you that you don't like, even better. Sit with it, reflect on it, and seek your own truth. In a world where it takes courage to have a point of view, my aim is to create a grounded space to observe, reflect, and challenge respectfully. I started this podcast as a way to document the journey and as a living reflection point to my future children. My hope is that they'll be proud of a name that their father completely reshaped and gave new meaning. Powerful is the man or woman who can dance with their shadow and emerge with their heart wide open to the light. Welcome to the Connection Point Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Delaney. And today, and on every each and every episode of this podcast, I want to share with you my obsession around a hypothesis when it comes to the consciousness of connection in life, business, and branding. It's this idea that at the core of all human beings, there's a drive for connection. The being seen, heard, and understood not for who we present to the world, but for what and who we really are, cut from the same fabric. I believe we can do this through sharing our humanity and the powerful stories embedded in each of our lives. So as we start with our guided intention, I want to share this. My guiding intention today, which is a little bit unusual, is to unlock the brilliance of someone I deeply admire, respect, and love. Today, I'll be having a conversation with Megan LaRoque. A little bit about Megan. Megan is the chief creative officer of the Intentional Media Group, and she's a brand alchemist. 20 years of experience in the music industry and a fresh digital and brand perspective. Megan LaRoque is a true creative ally and director. From working on New York Times bestsellers to chart-topping albums with Grammy Award-winning artists, Megan is no stranger to innovation in branding as well as marketing excellence. Beginning her career as an artist and later evolving into brand strategy and artist management, Megan takes a very hands-on approach in nurturing the creative spirit of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, leaders, and creatives while helping their brand elevate. Her expertise is brand strategy, creative direction, and marketing. And all of this is fantastic, but I want to share with you as somebody who is her business partner, and I also consider her a sister, Megan is somebody who is willing to put herself in the continual space of learning, growing, and she is somebody I deeply admire for being willing to take the courageous steps for what it takes to build a beautiful life. She's not only worked with industry icons, but she also is somebody who spent 20 years in the music industry as a singer-songwriter herself. She's a deeply talented artist. I've listened to her music. I've gotten to know her very, very personally over the last seven months since we met on Clubhouse. Um, and she is no doubt somebody that um, I just think is wildly talented. And um, I'm very, very grateful that we've had an opportunity to build this relationship. So we're going to be talking to her today about all these things we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks on The Connection Point, um, tying it back to business and brand, but more importantly, the life of an individual that I think has a powerful story. So before we begin, I want you to take a second and breathe into your intention in this very moment. Where is your attention going, your energy flowing, and what does the experience of this day feel like when you put your head on the pillow? Take just a second with this, pause it if you'd like, and reflect on that. Perfect. Let's go ahead and get started. Megan, welcome to the Connection Point Podcast. How are you today? Um, amazing. <laughs> feeling fulfilled and excited. <laughs> a little nerve-wracking too, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little different. Megan's been uh, with us as we've been creating and developing the the connection point. And now I thought of uh, I thought it was the best to bring Megan in here because she has the insights of all people 
when it comes to the journey of what it took to actually get to this podcast. But based on your bio and everything else that we shared before we get started, let me ask you a question. What is, and we've, had, we've asked this question before in, in one of the clubhouse rooms, what is the one thing that you wish people really took away from you when they first meet you that they otherwise wouldn't see? Hmm. I think, um, and I mentioned this in Clubhouse um, recently, is uh, the fact that, that there is like a deeper vulnerability in me that I generally don't show, um, at least in like the sort of curated social media space, um, that um, there's also like a, a deeper wisdom that I don't always, I, I think I play with that when it comes to art. Um, and there's a confidence. And so there's sort of a, a, a myriad of <laughs> all of those things. Um, and sometimes I just like, I hide a little bit. So I, I'm uh, a bit of confidence and a bit of insecurity. And uh, that all merges together with a deeper wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> You've, uh, you've brought this term to me before, and uh, I'm interested in how you would explain it to folks, because I think we have quite a few creatives who listen to the podcast and who enjoy the content we create, but you have a term called the shadow artist. Can you kind of explain what that is and, and what that means? Um, so, I mean, I particularly, since the beginning of my career, I know that, I know that I'm a bit of a healer. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a ser I love service. I love helping others. Um, and so oftentimes I will find a person that I, like I also have the ability to see talent. I think that's why I'm, uh, I think that's why I excel in the brand space because I can help, I can see a person for who, who they truly are, who they envision themselves to be. And I can elevate that and nurture that within them so that it emerges. And then I have the ability to, um, pull that out and then help shape it so that the world can see it more clearly. So that's sort of my talent. Um, but I'm also a, an artist and a songwriter and the shadow part of me can sort of become consumed with the other, like the person that I'm helping. So it's hard uh, to grow in the shadow of an Oak. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, it's like, you know, people like you who sort of push me to show up and speak like that's, that's the sort of uncomfortable thing for me. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders and artists have that feeling, especially service providers, because it's so much easier to elevate another person. But when you have to sort of show up yourself, it's like you're exposing your, uh, the scarier parts of yourself or the vulnerability to the world. So, and, and I'm, you know, it's like at different times in my life, I mean, I've also been the kind of person that's punching my guitar and stamping my foot at a different period in my life. So it's not completely like that, but it's definitely more comfortable to um, shed my light on someone else than it is to shed it on myself. I think uh, I think so many. I think we could all resonate with that because I think that's uh, there's that external thing, right? We we give the gifts to others, and I think that um, I found that to be the the case across uh, pretty much everybody that I've met who's incredibly talented. Is we we can't do it for ourselves, right? We need that reflection point back to us. And so my question for you is this, is the brand working for icons, you've worked for, you know, uh, artists, you know, such as Carly Simon, you've worked with massive legends in the music industry. It's not as if you're showing up and, uh, you know, saying hypothetically that I think I like brands, like you've been doing it for a very long time. That's one of the things I picked up from you that I really, 
I said, this is, this is the real deal in a world where so many people show up and say, they hang their shingle and say, I can help. Right. It was uh, there's a whole process to this. Let's talk about that for a second. You have this, this entire process of being able to pull out and to see others in a way that they they've never been seen before. And we witnessed it happen this week. You know, we had an incredible, incredible conversation with somebody that we both admire and respect who has the ears of a lot of people in this world. What is that process like? Somebody saying, how do I really pull out of me something that I otherwise couldn't see? What is that? What does that mean? And what does that look like? What's that process? Uh, it's interesting. We were actually just having a clubhouse room about this. Uh, it's It really is about um, truly holding the space and listening as well, as well as um, asking questions that you might know the answer to that evokes an answer within the person so that they can better see it within themselves. Um, it's also, so I, like, I, I just, um, I think because I have a, a sort of sensitivity uh, for, I feel a lot. So usually when I'm interacting with a person, I can really feel a lot of who they are. Um, and I can usually see behind what they're hiding. Um, you know, people like, people like Carly are, are, she's a extremely, she's extraordinary and she shows up. There's not, there's not much to see there uh, that isn't, that she isn't already showing. That's why I'm, I'm drawn to people like that. Uh, the brand for, for her would be easier to see if you knew her really well. Um, but a lot of times graphic people and sort of people in that space tend to put things on like the perception of who they think they are, the, the person they're working with. So for me, it's like, it really is like, can we hang out? Like, can I get to know you? Like, can we walk through your garden or can we, can I hang out in your, in your, um, for me, it's like, I want to get into like the inner womb of who a person is. And I want to know like what, what perfume they use and how they get, like when they get up in the morning and, and what, what their favorite brands are, their, the clothes that they wear, because the closer that we can get to who they really are, the hue in the human, as uh, our friend Delano would say, um, the closer we can get to that very essence of their soul. Uh, and, and the, the more that we can elevate that, the more that it will resonate with any other person that is, um, connecting with them. So it's sort of, you know, I think I had the unique advantage with Carly cause I started as her assistant and I worked with her for a really, really long time. And so I had the unique advantage of being right there yeah. and just knowing who she was the same with you. Like it's a very immersive experience. You, you, if you find yourself, uh, putting too much of yourself on the person you're working with, then you're not seeing them for who they truly are. So it's a matter of pulling them out. And that's why I think branding like in, in its true form should be a full act of service because it is true form. You are pulling it out and articulating it. You're not putting it on and trying to put your stamp on it. Everybody's going to have a, a bit of a style, you know, but also knowing your limitations, I think it's important. It's important to say, okay, like I'm, I'm okay at graphic design, but I know that this artist right here, this very talented photographer will be able to articulate that very human thing I see in this person. And that merge, the convergence of those two things, I think is, is creative direction. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a second too. You know, this you know, we are talking about some abstract ideas, but we're also being very practical, right? Life, business, and brand. And so, you know, I coming into this whole entire space, you know, as somebody who is building businesses and kind of focusing in on my thoughts, ideas, 
I had no idea what a creative director did, right? I'm not, I don't come from that space. It's not something I'm, I, I know. And, and I think a lot of folks find themselves kind of swimming in a sea of information when they decide that they're going to go on the journey of, of kind of, you know, taking their future in their own hands. So if you were going to articulate, you know, the average brand person who's kind of, you know, on Instagram and social media saying why you need a personal brand, you know, we see that happen all the time versus somebody who has the kind of understanding the strategy that you have, right? What's a creative director mean versus somebody who's just throwing a brand out there and they give you some, some Canva posts and some other things, which can be effective. How do I know I'm ready to work with somebody like you? And how do I, like, how do I understand where to begin? It's interesting. Like, um, I would say that I wasn't, it wasn't like I was like schooled in branding. I just became the first time that I ever saw like a, a style guide, um, brand guide, brand board, all these things are in the same family. The first time I ever saw one of those, um, I was, I was seeking to make something look more beautiful and more connected. Uh, and I remember, um, then, then I took a turn into, uh, entrepreneurship. I, I started um, a management company, LaRoque Management. And then from there I started, uh, sort of, I would say almost like a side hustle, which was definitely that, that branding space full on. And, uh, it also was a bit of, um, the reason I'm going into this is because it's the, the thing that I feel like is unique, um, but isn't necessarily unique to people that are, um, high end in branding, but is unique to what I discovered in this process is that I was moving into personal development. And the reason why is because I really wanted people to align with their, their true purpose in their business. And I knew that that was like the, the anchor that I was interested in. And then as it developed, I realized that the reason why I wanted that is because ultimately I can't do my job in a brand space or in a graphic space or in a canvas space, any space until that person is really defined in who they are and what they want. And that is the piece that I think is unique in the way that I brand, because I, it's sort of like you and I do this together. Um, it's, it's the pulling out in the, in the sort of per personal, as, as you say, purposeful development part of things. Um, if a person does the groundwork, then they can build a beautiful business and brand from the ground up. So I would say that's, a little bit, I wouldn't say it's unique to branding, but I think the, the questions and the process that I usually work through with uh, clients and, and people within the collective has to do with asking themselves the questions that, that's going to help them emerge into the inner rock star that they are. That's interesting. So when I'm pulling away from that conversation, which I, I think you and I both agree on, and, and I, I might ask some questions that's going to help the audience is, you know, this idea of a through line, the idea that there's, you, we have to know ourselves first before we present it out into the world. We've talked about this before. It's like kind of getting your, uh, your message right before you spread the gospel, right? Is this really truly what you want, what you believe? And I, I think in, in a world where there's such a drive towards um, immediacy and urgency, and, you know, we've, we've both been, uh, you know, accused of being workaholics or self-appointed, right, in terms of just get it done. And you, so you, you condense time frames down is this idea of, there's a moment to kind of speed or slow down to speed up, right? There's that whole entire moment where it's time to reflect and really understand because it's a, it's a, it's a creative process. You are co-creating with an idea and you want that best expression of the idea. And so maybe that person's not ready for the journey of, of building a brand. Maybe they're not ready for the, the journey of building a business, right? That can happen too. Same thing. You find somebody who thinks it's just super simple. Just, you know, here's, 
three months to build a hundred million dollar business online, right? It's just a totally different process. So that makes a lot of sense. And so one thing that I really struggled with when, when, when I was struggling with, and I really needed your expertise was I have a vision, I have an idea. How do I turn that into a physical digital asset? Right? How do I communicate that to web properties, digital properties, all these things are going to have to happen. And so you became somebody who actually leveraged my time tremendously and created exponential value because I could communicate an idea and it was just like into a thing very quickly. Is that natural to you? Is that a, a function of like what you believe you bring to the business world and to the marketing or, or the branding world? Um, is that just a, a natural talent that you have? I would say that's uh, 20 years experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because I I can't, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think I released like five demos when I was a musician. I honestly feel like any, the brand experience I have started then, I just didn't know what it was called. It was a product. The reason why I, I like to think of artists and musicians as uh, entrepreneurs, I mean, most of them are, it really is an entrepreneurial journey. Um, so, so often they're, they're starting new businesses, whether it be in fashion or there's always endorsement relationships, uh, different, different aspects of uh, growing out a different avenue of their creativity. And um, so when I first put out my first demo, I remember my brother, Jared and I went, we like walked down. Actually, I put one out prior that I just like, don't usually like tell anybody about, but <laughs> <laughs> my brother and I like took a mirror and we went down, we were living in San Diego and we like put the mirror up against, you know, the, the backdrop of the, of this beautiful, like mountainous type thing. And the ocean was in the background and there was this whole, like choosing the fonts, you know, I was using like, just not the cutest fonts. Like, I think it was like, I don't know. Sans? Yeah, no, it was a comic <laughs> sense. It might have been. I feel like it was like that with papyrus or some shit. Like, oh, this is deep. <laughs> That's the artistic one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Papyrus is the one. Papyrus. Uh, that in any 90s menu. But <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and I did the whole thing. And then I was like getting into colors. And I remember like that's when I worked with a graphic designer who taught me about, about like the teardropper. He's like, oh, no, you want to. And this is this is a. I'm going to drop one on you as any person creating any graphic. It is always best to pull a color color that exists in the natural photo. That's just like, I'm going to tell you that right now. So the teardropper is your friend. So just abstracting some random color and putting it in there is going to always look sort of like a, I don't know, like a second grade school project or something, but <laughs> little things like that. So, and putting together that first album, it was called just a glimpse. It had five songs. Um, you know, creating the song start to finish, writing the song, then recording the song, and then, uh, you know, mixing the song, and then uh, mastering the song, and then putting it into an album, there was five songs. And then uh, I think I went to like a local printer at the time it was CDs. So I was, uh, I think I, I think I was like, reproducing them in my computer. And then I would bring them to my um, either wherever I was busking or that first gig I had, you know, and I did the whole thing. And I did that uh, for seven years. So I think there was five of those all together. And then when I got back to the vineyard, um, so technically it was 10 years as a solar artist. Um, I worked with this amazing producer named Jimmy Parr and we, we, and he was actually, that's how I met Carly as he, um, was, he was a producer on one of her records, but the reason he even recognized me is I had put out this music video, uh, with, uh, my good friend, Jeremy May, who is so freaking talented. And it was like after effects and looked like cartoony and 
so when I worked with him, like, um, everything led up to that point that I met Jim Parr. And so that's the reason why I say 20 years of experience is I didn't learn even to know how to cultivate my voice and a microphone at that time until I had spent the time in the studio, just like you, I, I put in the hours. So I would learn about inflection and what sounded beautiful and what didn't sound beautiful. And the same goes for uh, graphic or branding or any of that. So when a person comes to me and they want to start a business in like a two minutes, this is like literally the long winded answer to the question. Uh, to me, I think, you know, the reason why you would hire an expert to help you with that is because the expertise that comes with that, the, the 20 years or, you know, in your case, however many years we both have, uh, we're, we're shortcutting that process for you because we've, we've thrown the spaghetti at the wall and it's fucking fell <laughs> and it's made a mess. <laughs> so we know <laughs> through our experience, like how to have honed a skill. Yeah. And, uh, like, even for me, it's like admitting what you don't know. Like, I know that there are graphic designers out there that are like, just, you know, they, they know the things that I don't know. And so like, yeah, I can get this far, but I can get this far enough to translate to them so that you don't have to. Cause I get this far where I can speak the language, I can do the graphic, but then I can say, Hey, you like, do you use in design? Can you, can you make it like this? Or can you animate it? Like, I'm not going to, I could try to do, it might take me a certain amount, a period of time, but that's not the best use of my time. And that person has the talent. So I can recognize when it's time to pass the torch. Yeah. I mean, that's 20 years of, of the work, right? 20 years to know that, that moment decision that you're confident with. It's the best guess, right? That's such an interesting thing to consider. And as you're saying this, I'm saying to myself, yeah, I mean, you know, you would live in a world where the perception would be, you don't know anything, you know, it's unless you're sitting on a yacht or Lambo or whatever. And, and I think that that's, that's where the expertise really shines through is, you know, being able to articulate the problem and being able to know like what that immediate decision is, right? That's the shortcutting of the learning curve. And the execution right then and there. I want to I want to take a second and and pivot into a, 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 an interesting story. This year changed a lot for you. You know, we we got to meet because of Clubhouse. We did not know each other even existed in December of 2020, and we had no idea that we were looking for each other. Can you kind of share what this journey of this year has looked like for you? Because things have definitely changed a lot. You're living in St. Petersburg, Florida now. You're sitting here talking to me from this beautiful studio that you've built, right? All these things that are happening in your world, but so much had to be uh, shifted, right? And what was that like for you? What is the uh, what is the journey behind the 20 years of brand experience working for icons, singer-songwriter, Megan, so we can understand a little bit about your story? Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the Cliff Notes version because it's, you know, this is going to be a, a long, a long journey. You can take as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, okay. 2017. Um, I don't, I'm, I've gotten comfortable with telling this story, but I was hospitalized. Um, I was working at the time I was in management. Uh, I was not delegating. I was working very, very hard. Um, I definitely wasn't dealing with the sort of um, inner wounds that lead to workaholism. And, uh, at that point there was like a turning point in my life. That's when I started moving into that like personal development brand thing, because I was realizing that I was not aligning and I was overworking. And so at that point, um, I started this side hustle called blessed by yes, which now I know is more of a product than it is a, <laughs> a business. <laughs> um, and it was sort of that shadow artist again, I had been working, um, for other people for so long and holding other people up. I was really afraid to start to use my voice again. 
Um, and I was sort of comfortable being that shadow artist that we talked about. And so I sort of hid behind this blessed by yes thing, even though I will say the blessed by yes, uh, I still believe in the principle of following your yes. Like that's why I say it's more of a product. Uh, but I, so I started this business and then it took me after that hospitalization, like three years to find the courage to actually start promoting it. So last year, I think it was like 2019, I was like my first year of really starting to, uh, promote it. I had a few clients. It was really, it was taking off, but it also, there were parts of it that weren't quite, um, the work weren't quite working out because I had been working sort of at this high level, um, in the music industry. So and my my client that I was trying to serve was, uh, you know, small business owners that had just, you know, my ideal client was small small business owners that had just started their business, or it was um, someone that wasn't aligned and they were like living in their, you know, maybe working for someone else and they weren't feeling connected to their purpose. They're, you know, making about eighty k a year, like it was that sort of thing. Um, and I I thought consulting would be cool. And what ended up happening is the business had had some it had some growth. The Instagram account was growing, and then Clubhouse came along. And so I was like, okay, I have a little bit of money I've saved from my clients. I'm gonna like go in and I don't know do some Facebook ads or something. I was probably looking for Kyle at the time. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle. <laughs> But I didn't know it. And so I was just sort of like, uh, I would go into a room and I would, you know, everybody was, it, it felt like everybody was like a talking head. They were just like, again, like, listen to me, like, uh, you know, 500,000 K a month or whatever, six figure. And I was just kind of like, okay, I just, does anybody know a Facebook ad? Per like, I literally was just like, I'm here for a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and then I walked into a room and, um, and actually I felt like I was like hunched over cause I was like walking through the halls of clubhouse. <laughs> like this place is like, it's like the social media, like, I don't know that, that sort of echo chamber, as you've said before, was just like point, like showing itself back at me or that was what was reflecting at me. And then I see this room. I don't remember exactly what it said. And you always, I need to just like memorize it, but it's like, it was like intentional business. What well, do you know what it was? Yeah, it was uh, building intentional business relationships. Yeah, intentional business relationships. I was like, that's that's an awesome, like intentional, like that's what I need in my life. <laughs> connection, real connection. It was business connections. Yeah, intentional business connections. Because I remember being like something like it, it meant like someone's not just trying to like sell me something. And I remember like that was the first time, I think it was like January. No, it was like literally the third day I was on Clubhouse. So it was like maybe January 1st or something. And then I, um, I don't know, I heard you speak and you said right in that first, right in that first moment, you said, I am looking for a CMO. And I remember at the time I was like, I would never be able to work with this guy. Like he's clearly like this, like hotshot entrepreneur. <laughs> and I just, like he's, he, he's really well, like he's talking about benchmarks and uh, like, uh, KPIs and, and, and like, I'm a music industry person. Like I, I speak thug. I'm like, is it good? <laughs> I, speak thug. <laughs> I speak thug. No, but I always like, you know, I, I can articulate what I want, but like just speaking in like a, the corporate language is, has always been scary. So, um, ultimately I, uh, I know I just started like following you around and, um, going into rooms that you're talking in because also like, um, this is the part of me that is, that is a little overconfident, confident. Like I, I am only inspired and drawn to prolific people. Like I just, I need to work around people that challenge me and that I'm like inspired by. 
Um, and so then you, we sort of started talking about a partnership um, throughout this, because I know we were sort of like circling around each other in the brand and business spaces. And then I remember, um, I, I think, I think uh, you proposed to me. <laughs> Or vice versa. We became partners, and then um, as a as a product of the product, um, I started immersing myself in your brand. I knew I was drawn to it. I had I, at that point, I did not understand like what it was going to do for my life to actually do the thirty days of intention. But um, I just started um, down the path and asking myself the right questions and realizing sort of the deeper things in my life that I had been avoiding um, were not. We're not, you know, once I was doing the meditations and asking myself the right questions, I just realized like there was a core part of me that was uh, seeking outward for love rather than like healing the wounds within myself. And so I started a journey down that path. And in doing that, I just saw that there were certain things that um, I needed to change in my life. And so I pretty much uh, sold my house and then I bought a house sight unseen <laughs> in St. Pete uh, so that we could make so we can make this shit happen. Yeah, sight unseen, right? And there's, <laughs> and I know there's there's a lot in between there and stuff like that. I think so. What what had happened was you and I spoke about, you know, the idea that you were. Um, I saw the talent for you as well. You were somebody who had uh, such a depth of knowledge, but it was you know kind of that conversation of you know it's time to elevate. You know, it's time to like really think about you know stepping up and you know, let's, let's do something really big. Um, and that's where, you know, the idea of the intentional media group kind of came from because you had all this industry information that I didn't know anything about either. So just as much as I was talking about benchmarks and KPIs, <laughs> you're putting me on phone calls to people. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here listening because I have no idea what to even say right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, so yeah. it, it became a, a, such an interesting back and forth of being able to, um, to kind of surrender into that idea of we can probably do better together than we can separately. Would that make yeah, sense I, to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, well, there was also, I think the reason I, I went and I told you the long version of the story with the hospitalization and the, and the, the moving towards, uh, you know, blessed by yes is, and the, and the, the, the ideal client that I was trying to serve is, is you said something to me. Um, you asked me how much I charge. This is like a really important part of it. You asked me how much I was charging. You asked me what, what problems I was having at the time. And at the time what was happening happening is I would be like creating a website for somebody and then after I left, it would be changed. Uh, no one's fault, but it was something I no longer had control of when it came to the creativity. And then you said, well, you're used to playing in the, in the major leagues. Why are you, why are you selling at this, you know, at this price point, which that bigger question was that, you know, why do I feel like I deserve less than I deserve? That yeah, was like yeah. the big thing for me that when, when I went down the 30 days of intention path, why do I think I deserve less than I deserve? So I'm like, yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a big one, right? Yeah. So it can be relatively challenging, um, you know, when you uh, when you find yourself at a place. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a quick snap here, real quick. Um, there's there's an echo, real quick. I just want to check in and see. Um, Kyle, were you hearing that echo at all? I can just hear it in my headphones. Um, just want to make sure that your audio on Clubhouse is completely off. Hold on one sec. Hello. Oh, 
don't know if anybody else was hearing that, but I was hearing a, an echo back in the last, like, I think probably two minutes. How's that? I think it should be okay. Um, it could, could be anything. It wasn't happening the entire time and it just happened. So, okay. Um, can you hold on a second? I'm still getting it. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Kyle's saying he's not hearing anything. It might just be something on my board. I'm not sure about, so no worries. Um, okay. So we'll pick it back up. I'm still getting it on my end for some reason. I don't know. I'll have to, we'll have to mess around with this later. Um, you ready? Yeah. Okay, great. This is amazing, by the way. Um, so we'll do the clap again to get back to uh, the main thread. Three, two, one. Okay, so it was the conversation about, um, you know, not playing at the level of potential, right? You're used to working with industry icons who have access to all these resources. So that I think that could be a really good question too, which is how do you go from taking yourself from a position where you have access to any possible solution that you need, right? If you need PR, if you need uh, a podcast done, if you need a book deal done, a New York Times bestseller, and then you and I started working together, particularly on my personal brand and stuff like that. Can you walk through kind of your thought process around how do you begin to think about taking a brand from the beginning to a level like that versus starting from there down? I mean, it's been interesting working with you because I think, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, I'm really interest, interested and connected to working with um, uh, prolific people. So you have, for example, I think four or five companies. Um, and to me, that's exciting. It's like a challenge. And the exciting thing is to see the through line between all of the all of the companies, to see the future vision of that, and then start at the beginning. So, I mean, that's sort of answering the question, but I still see in my mind, the media group, I see groups, you know, I see it global. And I think you have to have, I was using this example yesterday, my brother, Jesse used this great example. Like we're both visionary types and he, you know, he has the same skill when it comes to landscaping, uh, where he can look at, uh, can look at a property or a commercial uh, space and he'll see what the landscaping, you know, he'll see what it looks like when it's completed. And then from there, he'll go back and build it. So I'm not sure if that answers the question. I mean, I could go into like the specifics of what it takes to begin a brand, but seeing the future first, seeing the end, knowing what you want. And that's why that knowing what you want is so important. Knowing what you want. If you don't know what you want, then yeah, well, I mean, let's we let's do, do that real quick because I think that's the deep dive, you know, that <laughs> yeah. I think will separate this conversation from many other ones where it's kind of high level, which is you and I have like some really deep conversations around you have to like get seriously fucking dialed in on like, not just what you think you want, but like the parts of you that like need to be pulled out. Like we, you know, the last episode I talked about the the relationship and you and I worked through this with story, right? It's what's in it for you, what's in it for them and being radically honest about what's in it for you. How important is that process? Because you and I both have, have witnessed and experienced the idea of, you know, when we're serving, you said branding is an act of service. I believe advising, especially in business and, and pulling through a business vision is the same thing. You know, the biggest frustration for me is if that person is not dialed into what they want from the very beginning and willing to let their shadows be known, then what we're going to do is we're going to end up in a really big clusterfuck of a situation down the road where then it becomes that whole entire thing of like, is it you? Is it me? Is it you? Is it me? <laughs> And then you find yourself getting frustrated because you're like, this is what you told me you wanted. It seems like things have shifted and changed. 
why are you not committed to what you said in the first place? Were you being honest and open with this? It's not a bad thing. I just need you to be as open and honest as you possibly can and not just say, I want to impact the world. Like anybody who comes to me and says, I want to impact the world, you know what I say. Do you want to change the world because it make it easier yeah. for you or because you think that you're better at leading the world? And either one needs to be answered. So what are the real questions we need to consider when it comes to, you know, thinking about, you know, people get excited about being on stages and writing books and, and bestsellers and everything else. What, what, is the, what is the reality of this and what do we need to think about? Yeah, I mean, I guess the question would always be why. I mean, that's the question I would always ask. And of course, they, you know, it's kind of like on trend and social media to say, what is your why? But <laughs> it's it's the same thing. Like, why do you want to do that? What's the purpose of it? Um, you know, is it, for example, is it because you want validation? Like, or what is, you know, what understanding the arc of what it is you want will help you articulate what it means to get that. So if, for example, you see yourself on a stage, like I can build a, I can build a um, stage for you. I can help you get to that stage. But if you get to a point where you're being asked to show up and you're not prepared in, 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 the, in the bigger sense of the word, like you're not, you haven't done the work to be able to face the inner part of you that wants to be there and why, then there's going to be a struggle at that point where the stage is being built because suddenly you'll start questioning whether or not the stage should be built. Mm. I'm, I'm talking very like, this is just practical. Like it's, it's the reason why I think a lot of times, even with entrepreneurs that don't want to show up on lives or whatever else. And I, Hey, look, I've done that too. I do it a lot of times. I'm, I'm very busy and I just need to put it into my schedule, but <laughs> a lot of times like showing up live, it, it, it uh, brings out a certain vulnerability or a person starts saying, well, I don't want people to think that, you know, I want uh, too much attention or that, you know, I'm, it's sort of like a, that shadow artist thing, like afraid to be seen fully. And then it's like, well, there's a part of you that wants to be so seen that you're on a stage. Uh, but what are you talking about? Like, what are, what, what change do you want in the world and why, why do you think your opinion matters? That's, I think that's the question to ask. Like, what, what are you teaching me? And like, right now, if you can't tell me who is a person that would be listening what what your intention is then there's nothing i can do to help you cultivate that yeah you know what what comes up for me is is this idea that you are you are literally in this period of time you were talking about 20 years and, and i agree it's we want things so quickly so fast because we're so used to looking for a result you know and, and results are amazing like i am somebody who you know traditionally am acculturated to the idea of results you, you want to see the fruit of your labor but it's the continual like falling in love and this is going to be cliche because cliches make sense of falling in love with process and the journey and recognizing that every and you said four or five companies i want to be super clear these are these are companies that are in works right not necessarily multi-million dollar companies we have done it in such a way that they're being rolled out in a very methodical and thought through fashion because we have certain goals we want to be able to first and foremost establish the media company so that we can be um, a go-to to understand how to translate the unseen. And as you stated, you created the tagline, right? To redefine the narrative, to turn on the TV and to see something different than doom, gloom, disaster at 6, 12, 6, and 11. And to also be able to get the microphone to people who we've met on through Clubhouse, which has been a powerful medium to meet people that we would have never met because of the serendipity that's kind of going away now. But we, we saw an opportunity and, and we've noticed that there are people out there who are kind of emerging with something to say that can't say in a static post. Mm -hmm. 
you know, from there being able to take it into the ability for us to invest in these brands, these companies, these people, and to be able to help them bring this stuff to fruition. Because I think that the interesting piece that you you communicate with me, if, if you're listening and you're somebody who is an entrepreneur at heart and, and really like an experienced entrepreneur, I think you're going to really enjoy this, is the idea of artist management. So bringing the concept of artist management as a business model to entrepreneurship and brands beyond the music industry, I think is super fat. It really intrigued me right away because it made sense. You and I both agreed if we could solve the problem of helping somebody who's meant to really impact and teach the world, if we can make it so that they never have to worry about anything else than that, what becomes possible for their impacts and humanity. Can you kind of articulate this a little bit in terms of what that means by artist management um, and how that's kind of disruptive or a little bit innovative on, on traditional business? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think media is the same for any person, but so often people think, well, when they think of media, they think of like, um, I know the Kardashians or they think of, uh, Miley Cyrus because those people have the means to, uh, to be seen and to, to work the PR. Right. Mm. So the only difference is, so it's the same vehicle for anyone. So if someone at, if someone at like Elon Musk's level is just using the media. Um, and it's the same, I think a lot of newer entrepreneurs don't necessarily know this, that it's the same exact process for, for, uh, Elon Musk as it is for Miley Cyrus. It's, it's media. And so ultimately it's just a matter, like you just said it so perfectly that it's, it's a matter of who has the microphone. So it's, it's to me, to simplify it, we know that there's a certain set of circumstances, a certain set of people, there's a sort of certain set of uh, guidelines and parameters to excelling in media. All we need to do is create the, um, you know, create the agencies for us to do that. When it comes to artist management, um, you know, when you think of an artist, most of the time there's a person like in the management space or a company that is uh, cultivating the relationships, uh, building the team around them, and then negotiating um, the contracts with the agents. And so they're not like free agents. So again, same thing. Imagine that an entrepreneur has a team around them that is making sure the creative's on point, that's making sure that uh, there's the right legal and financial team is in place, that's uh, um, brokering the relationships with the uh, all the agents, the book agents, the uh, publishing companies. Um, you know, it's like a lot of, I feel like a lot of, entrepreneurs are like free agents and they're like, I'm just going to release my book on Amazon. It's just like, why not like build it up and approach. And I suppose that's because I have some of the relationships, but approach the book companies and, and pitch them on the book and then let, let the book company run the publishing, knowing what you know about or knowing what I know about book companies. They want, uh, they want the aid in marketing often. So, I mean, there's just, it's just like any machine that has all the different parts uh, media is the same way. And I think to me, when you and I first started working together, I remember having like very clear visions about, um, just the nature of media and I'm very much drawn to it because I do, I do believe that if, if us as a human species, if we look at media, it's an immediate reflection of ourselves, uh, sort of reflecting back at ourselves, you know, ultimately the only thing that differs between us living a more uh, 
satisfied and blissful life would be if we were focusing the media on the solution and not the problem. So, so true. You know, I think we spend so much time in awareness, right? It's October. And I know in October what happens, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And, you know, as somebody who, you know, lost their, their mom to breast cancer and, and saw the ins and outs of that, the, the biggest thing that I have is, is I get super frustrated, right? We know that breast cancer exists. We wear pink. You know, it's, it's one of those things where we live in such an awareness world. But it's like, what are we actually doing about this? You know, where's the money for research going? How can we actually solve the problem? You know, and, and I think that that's, that's one of those things that you and I definitely agree on. You know, and that's something I think people can take away for partnerships. When you're thinking about, you know, are you in alignment with a partner? We were talking to somebody last night. You have to like really, really align on a philosophy like this. You know, if you're spending your time just drawing attention to problems because you want to create that dopamine hit and just get people emotional and stirred up, that's traditional media. You have to also be willing to walk people through, like don't drop a bomb on the village and not be willing to rebuild, right? I think that's such an important piece. You know, and as we, and I think we can have, you know, obviously more conversations we're going to, you know, Megan is going to be a voice on the podcast um, and she's obviously a mainstay in, in all of the, the content we produce and everything else, but you know, as we wrap towards the conclusion of this, my question for you is this, is the three core human stories, life and death, love, and the spiritual journey. How do you personally think that those connect into the journey of life, business, and brand? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, I'm going to go just a little bit esoteric. So I think I asked you a question yesterday about what separates us. I guess I ask you that question, what separates us? Yeah, I think the, the, the way you asked it to me was, you know, what do you think is what's creating the separation? And I said, uh, perception. You know, we, were, we were for a few glasses of wine into, uh, into a lunch <laughs> as well, which is always nice. But, you know, it, to me, it's perception. It's the filters through which we see the world that's unquestioned. Yeah, so I would say that ultimately, I think everybody on this earth we are all just trying to be closer to love. And I think that the things that separate us can be found in those stories. And it's the things and the pain points, the, the ways that we heal through those things and the ability for people to tell their story or their hero's journey through the healing of those pain points, those three stories you talk about are the things that bring us closer together and closer to love. And the more that we can see that in each other and understand that each individual has their own set of stories like that, then we can become, uh, we can, we can connect and the separation can dissolve just a little bit more. Love that. Final question. So we've asked this question a bunch, you know what I'm going to, I think you know what I'm going to ask, but, um, what are you afraid people are going to find out? I don't know. It's like a, it's like a baited long silence. Um, <laughs> I think I get fearful that, that people might, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's obviously like personal things in my life that I just, I feel like it will always sort of stay with me, but um, I think it's that maybe they won't take me seriously um, because of you know, the thing I was telling you earlier about the emotional sensitivity, like when I was younger, it was like, you're too emotional or whatever. 
So it's like the thing that I fear the most is the thing that I actually want the most. Um, so maybe the very thought that I will be found out for not <laughs> being, uh, I don't know. It's like the fraud thing, I guess. Am I a fraud? And then that's like the insecurity thing. I don't know. Because it's something that we're making up. Like I don't necessarily go to school to become like a brand person, yeah, but yeah. I can tell you with conviction what my heart says about whether or not a person is being honest or, uh, you know, living in integrity in their brand. And I know that and I know talents and I, and that's, so I'm really confident about it at the same time. So it's, it's funny. It's just like the, the, uh, complete opposite, the shadow of it is like, am I, am I full of shit? <laughs> we talked about that yesterday too. It was exactly what we said yesterday, right? right? The, fear, the fear is what if I'm, oh, I'm just full of shit and really good at talking about <laughs> you. Been a, this has been a great first conversation. I think that um, we can take this down a rabbit hole much, much deeper. Um, we have so much more to talk about and such a, this is like literally the beginning of, of the journey. So for those of you listening and have listened this far, we appreciate you for tuning in to, uh, to the podcast. If you have any further questions and you want to, uh, to take the conversation a little bit deeper, please make sure you reach out to us. All the information will be in the show notes. Of course, we take um, the raw episodes as we produce these live on Clubhouse. They go directly into the collective, our private platform, where Megan and I actually uh, work through the process of coaching people through business and brand together, um, which has been amazing uh, to partner up and to have these conversations. And of course, you know, we want to, uh, to take these conversations far, far deeper. We want to make sure we build those close relationships with um, those of you out there who have a big vision in life and you want to bring it to the world. So... We're going to close it out here. I want to say, Megan, thank you so much uh, for your time. As always, even though we work together and everything else, I'm always really thankful for your insights, your energy, and the space that you bring. So was it, uh, was it as nerve-wracking as you thought it was going to be? No, because it's, it's just talking to my friend. Talking to my friend, Chris. <laughs> amazing. The studio also sounds amazing, by the way. So this is great to hear your voice and the way it's meant to be heard. So. We're going to wrap, and as we always wrap up, I always say the beautiful life, the business and brand that you desire is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of intention. None of us are separate, in my opinion. We're only cut from the same collective consciousness and that fabric. And so remember that everything that you desire is the other side of that action, that decision. We look forward to talking to you all very soon. We love you all, and take care. This has been another episode of The Connection Point. And if you want to support us, then you can do it in the following ways. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform like comment and share this with someone who needs to hear it and connect with us on all social channels and if something moved you in this episode then join us in the intentional collective a private community where we take the conversation deeper while providing coaching guidance and support all at the intentionalcollective.com we look forward to seeing you next time and until then we believe in you and your mission and can't wait to hear more